Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. We want to take a moment to remind you of an opportunity we have coming up in September. Our 2019 Ladies' Conference will be held on Friday, September 20th through Saturday, September 21st. This year's theme is Living Wise in a Foolish World. And you can find out more and sign up on our website at www.hbc-boise.org. That's www.hbc-boise.org. Well, this week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue in the book of Mark, chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. If you're at all familiar with the religious leaders of Jesus' day, you know that the Pharisees and Sadducees were considered by themselves, as well as the Jewish people at large, to be the authoritative spokesmen for God and the best examples of what it meant to be a godly person. But Jesus thought different and made that very clear. And this fact has to cause us to wonder, are there those today who think they represent God on earth, who are thought by the people to be the best representative of God's truths, but who Jesus would judge to be his enemies and in direct opposition to God? Well, it was true then, and it should be no wonder that it would be true right now. The question we have to ask ourselves is, are we friends or foes to Jesus at the same time that we declare ourselves to be Christians? There will be much to consider as you listen in on today's slice of the sermon entitled, Following or Fighting Jesus. When a person is convicted of his or her sin, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. And when that happens, that person cries out to God in repentance and faith, and God will do what that man cannot do. I told you about the universal invitation to salvation. Jesus put no limitations on that. You weary? You heavy laden? Come to me. I'm the one who will give you rest for your souls. That's the universal call to salvation. The effective call, what gets a person saved, is when by the work of the Holy Spirit there is conviction of sin and there is repentance. And God always gets His man. That's when He says, follow me. That's the effective call to salvation. Those who are sick refers to the people who know they need help. People like Matthew, Levi, They know they need a Savior. By the phrase, those who are healthy, he means, speaking with irony, if you think you're healthy, you don't need me. Well, you do need me, but you don't know you need me. You won't admit you need me. Do you realize the callousness of the Pharisees? They hated tax collectors, right? Here's a tax collector who walked away from a lifetime of collecting taxes, which they considered traitorous, and they had had a certain argument there. 
they weren't rejoicing over the change in Matthew. They were only angry that Jesus didn't join their club. It bothered them no end that people they didn't like were having their sins forgiven. Well, we can't have that. When Marcia and I were just getting our feet wet in ministry, um, I was serving on the staff of a large church while I was in seminary, and one of my fellow part-time pastors, our college pastor as a matter of fact, um, in the church where we were, he, he led a few people to Christ who had a background deep and rich in illegal drugs and the whole counterculture scene of the 60s and, uh, and early 70s. And uh, through those people who came to Christ, they were kind of like Matthew. They said, hey, w- uh, let, uh, come, have a Bible study at my house. I, I, I want to invite some people. I know more people who need to hear this. And then a few more got saved, and they started bringing people. And this ministry uh, sprang up to reach people from that background. And soon, several of them had come to Christ, and they were attending the church. Well, some people saw this going on, and they thought, well, that's a good thing. And they said, well, let's, you know, let's, let's contribute to this. We want to help with the, with the expenses of doing this ministry. And so my fellow pastor asked me, handed me an a envelope full of money, and he was going to be gone on Monday. He said, hey, is, is there any chance you could drop this money off on Monday morning um, to make sure that it gets into the offering. There was a team of three people that came in and counted the offering from every Sunday, and they would make the deposit each week. So I said, sure, I'll do it. I, I took the envelope of money. I went and uh, knocked on the door of the room where the offering was being counted, and I hollered out you know, who I was so they would know that it was safe to open the door. And the lady who answered the door said hello, and we exchanged a few pleasantries, and uh, then I handed her the envelope full of money. Now, I promise, around here, with the people who count our offerings, you bring them an envelope full of money, they'll be nice to you, okay? I handed her the envelope, and and I told her what it was for. And the expression on her face totally changed. And she said, I sure hate to see people like that around our church. Well, that was my first encounter with a 20th century Pharisee who claimed to be a Christian. So I told my friend the reaction I got, and um, he and I went and asked the elders to check into the matter, and they did, and they found out that indeed there was a little pocket of people there who didn't want that kind of people around our church. And Marcia and I were stuck with counting the offering every Monday for the next year. And by the way, we didn't do it tax collector style. We put every single penny into the deposit. There is nothing you can do to break the heart of Jesus Christ more than to claim to represent God and have an attitude that there are certain people that you don't want forgiven. That's awful. Do you want to introduce people to Jesus Christ? Or do you want to make sure that you remain comfortable with only the friends of your choosing. The ones who look kind of like you and talk like you and act just like you. We saw the example of another 
tax collector. I said I would refer to him again. Remember the guy in Luke chapter 18? He cried out what? God, be merciful to me, the sinner. After he was confronted with the awesome power of Jesus, Peter cried out, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Luke chapter 5, verse 8. Paul, the Pharisee of the Pharisees, who came to faith, he summarized his own testimony in 1 Timothy 1.15. He said, It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, among whom I am foremost of all. You see, he came to understand that his squeaky clean Pharisee pre-Christian lifestyle was more abominable to God than the one that said, I am a miserable sinner. Augustine came along a few centuries after Christ, and he wrote this, Lord, save me from that wicked man, myself. John Knox, the great Scottish preacher who took the Protestant Reformation into the land of Scotland, wrote this, In my youth, in middle age, and now after many battles, I find nothing in me but corruption. John Wesley, he put it this way, I am fallen short of the glory of God. My whole heart is altogether corrupt and abominable, and consequently my whole life being an evil tree cannot bring forth good fruit. His brother Charles, who pens so many great hymns, Always the hymn writer can make it more succinct than the theologian. (laughs) He said, Vile and full of sin I am. Here's a name you're probably not quite as familiar with unless you pay very careful attention. Augustus, I think you pronounce it Toplady or Top Lady, whatever it might be. He wrote many hymns. He wrote Rock of Ages, among others. He wrote this, Oh, that such a wretch as I should ever be tempted to think highly of himself. I am myself nothing but sin and weakness in whose flesh naturally dwells no good thing. That's the stuff of heroes of the faith. Jesus came to reach sinners. If if you're thinking of being a Christian is a a good part of my life. My friend, you're missing it. You're missing the kingdom of God. It's the center of the life of one who is redeemed. It's having been dead and now made alive in Christ. It's having been destined for the lake of fire and now being headed for the new heaven and the new earth. It was being totally estranged from God and, 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 and now It's a matter of being His adopted child. That's why this text is here. Are you following Jesus in humble faith or are you fighting Him trying to prove that He would be better off by accepting you into His group? Father, we thank You. We thank You for 
men like Matthew, Levi. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.